Welcome to the Healing Journeys Today podcast. Today we've got an amazing message of hope and healing just for you. God's Word never returns to Him void, so let this message sink deep into your heart so that you can walk out your complete healing journey today. Um, hi! God really sent me on this path, and um, He wanted me to talk to your hearts today. So I'm going to talk to your hearts today. As you can tell from the title, the title of this is, Can You Hold Faith and Fear at the Same Time? You know, um, I have felt both. And I know that sometimes when we're pursuing faith and we're pursuing miracles and breakthrough and relation with Jesus, and then fear comes knocking at our door and gets in sometimes, it makes us feel like our faith is um, of no effect or even absent. But I want to show you what the word of God says about your faith and the fear that comes into our hearts. So um, Matthew 14, 21 through 20, two, through we're going to talk English today because it's really all I got. Matthew 14, 21 through 31. I'm going to read from the, the Passion Translation, but 14, 21 through 31. Um, this was just after Jesus finished feeding the 5,000, you know, the loaves and the fishes. This was just after that. It says there are about 5,000 men who were fed in addition to many women and children. And as soon as the people were fed, Jesus told the disciples to get into their boat and go to the other side of the lake while he stayed behind and dismissed the people. After the crowds dispersed, Jesus went up into the hills to pray. And as night fell, he was there praying alone with God. But the disciples who were now in the middle of the lake ran into trouble. For their boat was tossed about by the high winds and the heavy seas. And at about four o'clock in the morning, Jesus came to them walking on the waves. And when the disciples saw him walking on top of the water, they were terrified and screamed, a ghost. Then Jesus said, be brave and don't be afraid. I am here. Oh, Peter shouted out, Lord, if it's really you, then have me join you on the water. Come and join me, Jesus replied. And so Peter stepped out onto the water and began to walk towards Jesus. But then he realized how high the waves were and he became frightened and he started to sink. Save me, Lord, he cried out. And Jesus immediately stretched out his hand and lifted him up and said, what little faith you have. Why would you let doubt win? I love that. Why would you let doubt win? But I like on here where it says, um, where is it said, he began to sink or he started to sink. If there was no faith in him at that time when he was fearful or frightened, he would have just dropped like a rock because we were not made to walk on water. But there was a presence of faith in Jesus, the one who he loves. And it only the, the fear only started to creep up when he started looking at the wind and the waves and the fact that he was walking on water, not who he was walking towards. And so I want to encourage your heart that the presence of fear in your life does not mean that you do not contain the measure of faith. It just means you need to refocus on the one you're walking towards and faith will rise up and fear will go back down. It's just a refocusing. You're not broken. It's just a refocusing. And I believe God in his kindness put this account in the word of God for many reasons. But one to be like, you're afraid. It's OK. You still got faith. Just look up, baby. Look up at me. Look, look at me. Um, refocus. 
Hebrews 12, 1 through 2 says this, Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight of the sin which so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. I like how the Passion Translation says, verse 2, it says, we look away from the natural realm and we focus our attention and expectation on Jesus who birthed faith within us and who leads us forward into faith's perfection. Jesus put faith inside of you. He gave you the measure of faith. And as we look unto him, as we focus on him, we carry on to complete our race and we carry on to be perfected in our faith, to grow in our salvation. It's not that our salvation isn't complete. It's just talking about spiritual maturity. That's it. But it only comes from focusing on Jesus. And yeah, fear comes up sometimes and doubt comes up and exhaustion comes up and overwhelm comes up. And then we choose again to return and to refocus and our faith grows and we start walking on that water again. It's a good thing. It's just how it is. You're not wrong that you keep having to reset back to him or that um, you've looped sometimes and you thought you were doing better, but now you've gone back into it. And now he knew you were human. That's why he put these things in here to, to focus you, to show you how maturity comes, that it's not just a one and done situation. Um, I wrote this. Where did I say it? As you return to the word of God, God wants to assure your heart with the truth. God wants to fix your eyes on the truth that will dispel fear, worry, doubt, and stir and grow and renew your faith. Romans 10, 17 says this. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So let's hear some word today. You ready for some scriptures? Uh, in the description below, I have listed out all the scriptures I'm quoting today. And I would love if you would take some time when you have time to sit down with the Bible and talk to the Holy Spirit about these. It's alive. The word is alive. Um, Galatians 3, 2 says, This only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? And I said, this is Nikki's word. By hearing in faith, we receive the Spirit. And at no point does our need to work or fulfill the law turn back on. Return to receiving the truth that brought faith in the first place. At no point do you have to white knuckle your way through this life. Do you have to finish this race without the grace that Jesus provided for you on the cross, without the power that the Holy Spirit is made to uh, equip you with to walk out this life as you focus on Jesus? And if you find yourself trying to work out your own maturity in the spirit or grab your miracle with your own hands instead of receiving it as a free gift that God offers you through the work that Jesus does. It's not going to bear fruit. It's going to beat the crowd out of you. It's not going to work. Return to the one who brought faith to you in the first place. Return to the word of God that brings faith. Hearing and hearing brings faith because it focuses back on Jesus, who is the word of God. Um, 
this is the truth guys galatians 3 verse 5 says this therefore he who supplies the spirit to you and works miracles among you does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith it is because we hear the truth that brings faith that miracles happen in our life not for any other reason because we receive the truth of the gospel, because we receive Jesus. That is why we have miracles. That is why we have breakthrough. That is why we have supernatural favor. That's why we have restoration that's unreasonable. That's why we have peace that doesn't make sense at all, but we have peace. You know, um, I heard somebody say recently, they realized that nowhere did Jesus promise us happiness is not in the Bible. It's not there. But what he did promise us is something that the world can never offer us. And that is peace. People want it. They desire it. They chase after happiness, which just brings destruction or emptiness. But when we chase after peace, the one who brings us peace by going to the word, by learning of him, by fixing our eyes on him, we gain much more powerful than happiness. We gain peace and power and perspective and joy that is our strength very different than happiness very different than happiness ephesians 2 8 through 10 says this for by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourself it is the gift of god not of works lest anyone should boast for we are his workmanship created in christ jesus for good works which god prepared beforehand that we should walk in them good news Grace, it's all by grace. And if you've been grappling with fear, torment, doubt, um, insecurity, hopelessness, tiredness, scattered brain that you just can't focus, return to the good news of the gospel that won you over in the first place. And then that you are fixing your eyes on Jesus and you will not sink and you will grab his hand, his offering of help because he promises us help. At every turn, we'll, we'll see his hand. It's like um, he doesn't want you to be afraid, but he knows if you have here fear, his response to you is not just keep going in the fear. Just keep going. Do it afraid. No, he says, fear not over and over again in the word of God. He says, look at me. Look at me. Hello, put your eyes on me. Hello, look at me. And as we look at him through the lens of the word of God, we have peace. We have confidence in the one that is standing before us. We are aware of the help in that very moment that he is offering to us. And we have peace. The fear is just a symptom that our eyes have shifted. That's it. It's just a symptom. It's like an indicator light on a dashboard, like, oh, check engine light or you need more windshield wiper fluid or, hey, guess what? Your radiator just blew out. You know, it's a it's a it's a varying degree of symptoms. A lot of times our emotions are just indicator lights on a dashboard. So um, I want to read to you guys read in this Bible, John 10. Excuse me. I didn't have. Do you know, I never realized before doing this, if you talk just by yourself for minutes and minutes, your mouth gets dry. Okay, more good, more good. Um, oh, Michelle asked, so were we meant to be unhappy? No, God gave, created us for good things. He created us to be fully satisfied. The world is offering us 
happiness that is temporal, that is subject to the circumstances around us and our feelings. God is offering us a fullness of life with him that comes with peace, that comes with joy, unspeakable and full of glory, that comes with peace that passes all understanding. And instead of the empty happiness that's fleeting or might, I don't know who that is, might disappear at any moment, um, he is offering us satisfaction that comes from relationship with him. That looks like joy, peace, love, kindness, goodness, temperance, you know, long suffering. That is a satisfied life. And from the outside, it will look like happiness. I am what the world would call happy. But what I have does not pass away and it is not contingent on my circumstances around me. I have satisfaction in the one who made me for a relationship, the one who made me to not live apart from him. You will be happy, but greater than that, you will be satisfied. You will be equipped with power. You will have um, purpose and you will have joy. I want that way more than what the world has to offer. Way, way more. Okay, John 10 going. John 10, 22 through 29. Wait for it. We're going to find it. This is where Jesus claims to be the son of God. I want to make it very clearly. Jesus is part of the Godhead. He is God himself. He is also the son of God, that three-part mystery, fully man and fully God. He's not just the son of God. He is God. Um, it was now winter and Jesus was in Jerusalem at the time of Hanukkah and the festival of dedication. He was in the temple walking through the section known as Solomon's colonnade. The people surrounded him and asked, how long are you going to keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. And Jesus said, I've already told you and you didn't believe me. The proof of this work I do in my father's name. But you don't believe me because you are not my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice and I know them and they know me. And I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one can snatch them away from me for my father has given them to me and he is more powerful than anyone else. No one can snatch them from the father's hand. I want to assure you that whatever you're feeling, if you have given your life to Jesus, if he is your savior and your king, no one can snatch you from his hands. Don't worry. Don't worry what the news is saying, what your in-laws are saying, what your best friend's saying, what your husband's saying, what your heart is saying that's contrary to the word of God. You cannot be snatched from his hand. And I know that fear seems real. The threat seems real. Nothing will snatch you from his hand. God has given you to Jesus and he is not letting go of you. He will never let go of you. He will never forget you. There is not a moment that he pulls away from you. He is for you. He is for you. And as you return to the word and remember him, your faith will grow and your heart will settle. John 8, go back, reverse. John 8, 31 through 36. Yeah. Okay. Um, Jesus said to the people who believed in him, you are truly my disciples if you remain faithful in my teachings and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. But we are descendants of Abraham, they said. We have never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean? You will set us free? 
Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. A slave is not a permanent member of the family, but a son is part of the family forever. So if the son sets you free, you are free indeed. You might feel like a prisoner in your body. You might feel like a prisoner in your own home or in your own mind or in the cycles that your life is in. But the truth is who the son sets free is free indeed. And if you have called to him as your savior, if you have called to God as your loving father, he's received you. He's written your name in the Lamb's book of life. You're his. It's a signed, sealed thing. And these lies that you'll never be free, it'll never be restored completely. You'll never be able to make different choices or everything that was stolen so long ago. There's even if everything was better today, all that is dead and gone. It's just over. God made the heavens and the earth from nothing, just from speaking. There was no matter to create it from. And God can restore and create in your life from nothing because he is the creator. The enemy creates nothing. He just perverts and distorts it. But we serve the creator, the one who created the whole universe. You know, I was listening to a song and it says, if the flowers know your love and the sparrow has enough, then I know that I can, I still have a song to sing. And that's the truth. He's clothed the flowers more beautifully than anything any human could create. And he feeds the birds of the air. He's not going to forget you. He's not. And I know that fear is right there and knocking. But if we choose to walk with him today, today, right now, we're not looking ahead, today, he comes to us today and settles our hearts today. He comes to us today and shows us one more piece that changes our perception of the truth that he's never let us go. We'll never be snatched away from him. We belong to him and we're part of his family, not as indentured servants. Thank you so much for saving me. Now I will serve you all the days of my life. No, I get to be part of your family. And yes, I serve you with honor because you loved me first. And now I am family with you. We are blood. This is a done deal. Not blood as the world knows it, where it really doesn't matter what biological family you're part of. How you act and how your life proceeds shows who your real family is. But this is a blood covenant that cannot be broken. God loves us so much that he's not pulling back. He's not even worried that you're going to be snatched away. He knows he knows, but what he is concerned with is that while you're here on earth and you're not face to face with him, that those lies that come and tell us he's far away or we're far away or what he did was not enough or what's coming at us is too big, that it steals the true joy of our life, that it steals the peace from flowing in our life that passes understanding that it steals our vision for the future and the hope that he has for us. That's his concern. And I understand that, you know, I have, once my kids grow up and leave my home, I have no control over their destiny. And to a degree, I still don't, even though they're small and in my home right now, but I'm concerned about their quality of life here. I know that what you dig and think you're going to be when you grow up when you're seven usually doesn't pan out. But what that story is in their heart right now, I care about. And what brings them joy here and now, I care about regardless of if it impacts who they are when they grow up and what they do and 
ultimately, if they fulfill what God's called them to do, I care about the minutia of their life right now. I care if they feel cool and confident after I cut my son's hair. I care if my daughter perceives that she is beautiful and that her value comes from what's inside, not on outside. And the same is true of you and I, because we're his kids. God is a good parent who cares about now and in the future and cares about what we care about. If I have to listen to my son talk about Minecraft, there's a, there's a place deep inside I have to go to just be like, stay present, don't disconnect. He will ask follow-up questions and know if you were listening to him. I'm glad God listens to him to me when I talk about things at nauseum that I'm sure are just like, wow, Nick, wow. But he's present and I'm, he is a present father who cares about the big and the little. I, you know, the, the, the hearts that pull away from the father that um, start accepting the lies that are of rejection over them, it doesn't come with the big things, the big moments of, something happens and that you weren't there for me or how could you let that happen or I'm so disappointed. It comes from the us keeping small parts of ourselves away from him and then unconsciously we feel not seen or heard or understood and then something bigger comes and we keep that from him because remember we didn't feel seen before and it slowly builds and then the story of rejection or not enough or that he wasn't there or he's not there or I'm not enough. It it plays out over time. It's slowly built. It's not a bam, one and done thing. It's like all relationships that start out well and then d disintegrate it. It's a slow burn. It's slow imploding. And God is so invested in the everyday because he knows every day one, we need him. We were never made to live apart from daily relationship with him. But also every day we make those small choices to keep our eyes fixed on him that keeps us from sinking. Or we start looking around us and in doing so, we take our attention off of him. You know, another word for worship is attention. So we take our attention off of him and in that we pull ourselves away. And then we start to sink but he's like, just look back. The measure of faith is already in you. Just look, just look, look back at me. I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. You're not going to sink. So I want to encourage you for those of you who feel like you've, you've pulled back or you started self-protecting from God or you felt disappointed or you felt not enough. Look back fully in his face through the word of God and you'll take his hand of help that he's offering and you'll remember the, the measure of faith inside of you. Yeah. And you'll have strength. And you'll have perception of the help that's there. And you'll have perception of who you are. Not a slave, an indentured slave, or someone who has been rejected or not wanted. But someone who is he's standing right there with his full attention. Ready to help you today. Talk to you today. Set you free today. Today is the day of salvation, but it never comes without connection with him. We don't have it apart from him. We just don't. So um, healed is part of your identity. She says, I struggled with anxiety and fear around people, um, and it's really bad. I'm sorry, Mars. Hmm. For real. 
it is a cycle. There's this cycle, but see, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, right? And we receive what God has by faith. Faith is like a clamper in a claw machine that reaches in and takes the, the, the stuffed animal out of the claw machine. It breaks cycles. Part of breaking cycles is also choice. You know, um, <laughs> I was, we're doing this walking challenge. My husband and I are trying to walk 10,000 steps a day. It is, it is a lot of choices, y'all. And we're walking. And by the second day, I was like, oh, the supporter muscles on all the things, all the places. And um, in my head, I was like, I can do this. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But I'm pretty sure a few verses before that, it talks about self-control and self-discipline and how he, he meets us in our choices. And we, we couple up his power and where we have decided to make choices and he equips us and we can do all things through Christ who strengthens me because we've built these muscles of obedience and we've built these muscles of hearing him and we've built these muscles of choosing what is right as opposed to what is easy. And it breaks cycles. It brings new thought patterns and new ways of thinking and the voices in our head. There was a period in my life where I read this book about talking about who are the voices in your head who do you hear about concerning what your body looks like or who you are and what you can do or what you're capable of or what other your opinion of other people is you don't actually hear yourself thinking it you hear the person that you gave to the authority to set the standard of your opinion in that area and I went through this period of deconstructing with the Lord what voices I hear in my head concerning all kinds of issues and we would talk about one thing and I would go to the word and I'll we'll say, well, the word says this about me or about that. And then I would pray in tongues over that verse and ask God to rewire the places in my mind that would automatically go to the old way of thinking or the old voice in my head that I believed about that area. And he would rewire it. So the word, the renewing of your mind through the word of God, it's a real thing and it breaks cycles and it brings breakthrough and it requires our choice, not our power, but our choice. We're not drones. We're not slaves. We're not clones. We are people with choice. And I love that. I'm so thankful. So let me pray. Hi, Lord. Thank you for a new week. Thank you that we're still here, that we haven't passed away. Literally, thank you. Thank you that you are right there with your hand extended, asking us to refocus and relook at you. Lord, thank you for the tools that you've mapped out in the word of God that help us walk in victory in this life. Thank you that you're giving us one simple verse for each person's heart to focus on that brings freedom, that renews our mind, that equips us to combat whatever the enemy is saying that's not true. Thank you, Lord, for refocused hearts. You know, I see somebody with... Um, no reeds like long pieces of grass, how people will weave them together to make baskets in different parts of the world. I see somebody sitting and you, you're sitting with each individual question and thought and mindset and taking one at a time and talking to the Lord. And then after you talked about it, you're weaving it into this basket that's going to hold everything you receive now because your thought patterns are lining up with the truth. I love that. There's different parts of the world where plastic bags are not allowed because of um, 
uh, what's the word? Littering and all that stuff. And so they will take leaves and different things and make baskets. And that's what they use to get stuff from market to market. And I see you with this and you, you, because you choose to talk to him and question things with him, he's never offended. He loves relationship. I love it when my kids ask me questions, even if they're crazy. Like my son said, mom, you're from like the 1980s, right? Like the eighties, like long ago in the 1980s. And I was like, mm-hmm. I wasn't offended, but I was like, hmm, <laughs> like how you said that young man. But I love all the questions that they have. Um, and God loves all your questions. And as he answers them to you and settles your heart, it's another part of that weaving into a bag that will receive and hold and take with everything that God gave you on the cross. Every good thing. Lord, I thank you for bodies now where there's um, nerve pain. I rebuke you now in the name of Jesus. Pain and teeth. I rebuke now inflammation. Um, infection. Be cursed in the name of Jesus. Thank you for healthy tissue in people's mouths now in the name of Jesus. Thank you that any radiating pain from the jaw into people's heads is released now in the name of Jesus. Um, there's somebody you have been weeping with deep sorrow, brokenheartedness. And as you choose to come and say, Lord, I want to see you, you're going to see someone who's going to reassure your heart and he's going to tell you about a hope and a future that he has for you, about a restoration that is possible, about good news ahead. You won't always be in this cycle. You won't always be in this pit. He's there to pull you out, but you got to look at him. You got to look up. You got to choose to look at the word. He's right there. He's not going to leave you in your sorrow. He doesn't want you to. You weren't made for sorrow. Just think he never planned it for Adam and Eve in the garden. It was supposed to be forever connected together, not sorrow. That's why it feels so heavy because you were never meant to hold it. Never, never. So look up. Look up. Lord, I thank you for settled hearts today. Thank you that you bring back to remembrance the one thing you want to talk to people about. Thank you for your Holy Spirit that brings us power. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you got some great nuggets of wisdom out of that teaching. Thank you for listening to the Healing Journeys Today podcast. And don't forget, you can find us live on Facebook and YouTube seven days a week. If you would like to donate, please go to www.healingjourneystoday.com. Isaiah 53.5 says, And by His stripes, we are healed. God bless you.